The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. I don't know about you, but I feel good. It's still good. I, I like it. <laughs> We're going to keep going with this probably forever. Yeah, probably. Even when at some point... No one has listened to that song for at least three years. I hope we're still using that on I'll this I'll still do it, for sure. I'm such a creature of habit. <laughs> I think I've used the exact same intro line on this podcast for, like, 500 straight episodes. Oh, so. I've got... I have. I mean, I've listened to you do it the same way for seven years, so... I have the cadence in, ingrained in my head. Even just the other day, I... I was just kind of like doing chores around the house or something. And I went, welcome to the sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we, where uh, I, I flunked it. <laughs> See, welcome, it's not that easy. Yeah, is it's it? not, it's not welcome <laughs> to the sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything. Phoenix suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling. And as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. I don't know about you, but I feel good. Yeah. And then we play the song. Because we bought the rights, we called Pitbull and we're like, "Yo, man, we need this in the, we need this is, for the pod." Is, is that really a Pitbull song? Like, I assume so. I mean, it's got. A, <laughs> like, I've always in my head, it's like a, a knockoff of a Pitbull song, where it's like it's not actually Pitbull; it's like, you know, Potbull or something like that. Or like Rottweiler. Rottweiler, <laughs> yeah, and. That's always how I imagine it, but it probably is an actual Pitbull song. Gotta be. Okay. Anyways, podcast. We're going to talk about a few injury updates from the Suns with Chris Paul and Cam Johnson. Uh, Then a little news from Wendy and the Jay Crowder front. After that, we'll break down last week's games and look forward to this week's four games. Shoutouts are in order for our bet question from last week. Shoutout to at Comic Evangelist on Twitter. Uh, friend of the show, Comic Evangelist, Comic Book Evangelist uh, at times. So, yes, yeah, shoutout to him. Go follow him on Twitter. Um, we had a really nice conversation the other day. Um, 
So, yeah, follow him on Twitter. He was closest on our bet question from last week of how many fouls DeAndre Ayton would have in the Magic game from last Friday. Between the two of us, you were closest, Charlie. You guessed four, I guessed five. And Ayton somehow had zero fouls. So, yeah, we were both way off on that. But uh, that's okay. I only need a half point for this one. I don't feel right taking a full point. Uh, No, we've never (laughs) done half points. It's okay. We're tied on the season series. Two to two. All right. Feeling good. I don't know about you. <laughs> but, but I, I feel, feel good. good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, I can do it, too. That's right. <laughs> All right. So hit the headlines. And unfortunately, we saw Chris Paul go down with an injury. Uh, it looks like he bruised his heel or has some heel soreness. That went down in the Philadelphia game. He only got about 10 minutes in before he went down. So since then, we've seen campaign entered into the starting lineup. And as of now, he's questionable for tonight's game against the Heat. And this is fine. (laughs) I mean, we need to be really careful with Chris Paul, I think. So even a minor injury, let him have that rest. He doesn't even need to be playing right now. So I'm really not worried about this. I won't lie to you. That exact thought came through my head at some point. It it was like Chris Paul needs to take some games off at some point this season. Right. Uh, ideally, it's not coming due to being injured like he is, which is a bummer. But uh, if you look for that silver lining, I mean, take this off Chris Paul's games played total for this regular season. And once we get into right. the playoffs, maybe he's a little fresher for one or more, two, one or two more games. That's all we can really hope right. for. And and I was kind of thinking maybe in seasons past he would have just played through this. But now it's like, well, you know, we can still win games without him. Um, like, just give him as much rest as possible. Because something like this happening in the playoffs is going to be pretty impactful. Uh, I'm sure he would play through it in the playoffs, but he doesn't need to right now. Yeah, and something interesting maybe to speculate about. Maybe Monty Williams feels comfortable enough to say, no, Chris, you're taking a few games off. We're going to let this yeah. heal up a little bit and uh, deal with it. It's it's campaign time, baby. And campaign has been pretty solid. He he really has. I I enjoy the pace that we run at when campaign is our point guard. I, I obviously do miss Chris Paul. But campaign does some different things for us, and it does suit us pretty well with uh, the guys he has out there. And he's been shooting it pretty well overall. I mean, I'm looking forward to campaign three-pointers right now, which is something that uh, I don't know if I could have said all season last year. Oh, no. But he's, he's been in a groove, and we need him to step up. And there's other guys that we need to step up behind him as well, too. Yes, we do. And that's... I, I still think another point guard on this team would not be a bad thing. Um, Dwayne Washington Jr., even though in the offseason I probably said he's better than campaign, <laughs> which I realize I may have been wrong. Um, it, it, just for situations like this, it might be nice to have a third serviceable point guard on the lineup, uh, on the roster, I mean. No, I feel you. Uh, Shamit and Lee, as much as I do like those guys, 
as guys who can take care of the ball. Uh, they just don't bring the same thing to the table like a true point guard like Paul or Payne and bring right. It. And it, it just forces them out of their role too. Landry Shamit is not here to be a backup point guard. He's here to be a spot up shooter. And sure, he can do other things, and he's going to have to do other things from time to time. But the more we can let our role players be in their role, the better. Right. And uh, shout out to Shamit. He's been playing pretty nice lately. He, he sadly had to miss that Magic game due to being in concussion protocol. Yeah. Which was uh, surprising to everybody. Him and uh, Gobert kind of got locked up. He drew mm-hmm. a foul on him when he was boxing him out. That may have been where that came from, but uh, maybe it happened in practice. Even I'm I'm not even sure exactly, but uh, we were without him for that Magic game, which did hurt a bit. Yeah, I mean the Magic game just hurt across the board. Um, True, it was a rough one. So, but no, it didn't help. Um, and seems like Landry Shamit's okay. But yeah. Yeah, the, it it made the Magic game even rougher. And the most recent update for Paul is that he will be questionable for tonight's game against the Heat. So that, that'll be up in the air. Uh, it seems like if he didn't do any true damage to his heel and it was just a bruise or something, uh, that should have been a pretty reasonable amount of time to take off. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's back for this Heat game, but... Then again, if we give him another night off, I'm not opposed. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either way. Uh, also because I know the NBA is cracking down a little bit on like illegitimate reasons for players sitting. Uh, yeah. um, so if you have a legit reason, you might as well use it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised either way if he plays or if he doesn't. Uh, one more thing to consider. We went one and two last week. Uh, we don't want to lose games. Chris doesn't like losing games. That's he, true. He wants to be back. We can guarantee that. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Cam Johnson update. Uh, last episode was the day it was just announced. He went in for surgery. We didn't know much more about it, but we did find out this was the one that just cleans up the meniscus. It's a one to two month return and somewhat good, somewhat bad news. He had the same surgery on his left meniscus back in college. So he's had this done to both knees now. (laughs) I guess I didn't realize that. Um, Yeah, this is, I feel really, really bad for Cam Johnson because I think if he would have gotten his extension, he would have been able to have the surgery that the recovery time is better, but the career trajectory is a lot better. Uh, We've seen a lot of guys who have this meniscus cleanup and then are never the same afterwards and have to have meniscus cleanups over and over and over again. Derek Rose is the most famous of these situations probably, but um, yeah, I I feel very bad for him. It's going to be interesting to see how this impacts his long-term career. Uh, The thing though that I'm thinking is 
Cam Johnson plays a lot differently than Derrick Rose uh, or Eric Bledsoe or someone like that. Those are two guys that I can think of that have had these meniscus surgeries. Uh, so maybe his play style is a little bit more beneficial. But at the same time, we have been calling for him to be more aggressive and we know he needs to be uh, better as a rebounder and a defender. So, I, I mean, this is... It's bittersweet. I'm happy he's going to be back, and I'm hoping that we sign him to a deal, but I'm worried about the long-term future of his career. Yeah, that's all very well put. I totally agree. Uh, What a bummer. And when you talk about Derrick Rose, yes, they're two very different players. Derrick Rose is still balling out every once in a while for the Knicks, man. So, you know, there's... Quite a few years ahead of Cam Johnson still. We can yeah. we can look at that and breathe easy a little bit, but that's a good point. And Eric uh, Bledsoe plays in China now, so well done. Okay, I had something to say, but the, the Bledsoe comment stole the thunder. I can't even think about it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel bad for Cam. I really hope that he can get back on the court and make a nice impact for us while staying healthy. And I want the Suns to take care of him now, yes. honestly. Oh, yeah. we, we blew it without with not giving him the extension. And now just because of this injury, I if we just cut him loose and let him go sign somewhere else, man, that would be a bummer. I, I think every Suns fan would be a little disappointed to see that happen. And I don't know. I think we all have faith that Cam will come back and still be a meaningful player after this. No doubt. I, I try to remember, too, that Cam Johnson was uh, a pick of one of the first or maybe the first pick that James Jones made. Right. Um, and he really likes Cam. So that's something to keep in mind, too. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that's a very good point from everything that he's said about how he wants to build a team and the guys that he wants on the team. That's that's Cam Johnson, you know? Right. He's in the guidebook. Yes, yes. And he plays just like James Jones did. True, very true. All right, so we'll keep it in this uh, same position. Uh, Brian Windhorst last week said that despite the Cam Johnson injury and everything going on, there will be no return of Jay Crowder to the Suns lineup, which we had hinted at. Maybe we we talked about as a possibility last episode, but Wendy says it's not going to happen. And after that, we hear the Suns are re-exploring a Crowder trade, and we we've even heard a couple names thrown out: uh, Max Struess from the Heat and Grayson Allen from the Bucks are two names that have been tossed out recently. So at this point, I would take just about anything. I really don't want Grayson Allen, though. <laughs> no one wants Grayson Allen. Yeah. No one does. I know. Uh, I know. I'd rather have Patrick Beverly than Grayson Allen. Ooh. I said it. That's, yeah. Grayson hmm. oh, Allen's at least younger. But, oh, that that's tough. I mean, Max Struess, fine. Like, I, I would probably be fine with that at this point. Um, but, yeah, like, this situation sucks. 
Oh yeah, that, that's exactly right. It does suck, and I don't know who who made it so bad. Was it us or was it Jay? Because it's got to be a little bit of both. But who's more I at fault? So. You know, it, this is bad. And who wants Jay right now? That's another thing. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of teams playing pretty well right now with uh, mm-hmm. you know, like look at all the guys who are out of the league, like Dwight, like Carmelo. Yeah. Name a few others, you know. And, and there's no-name guys who are putting up decent minutes for play. Who's going to want to trade for Jay Crowder for $10 million? Right. You know? I know. I, I just don't see a nice return happening. So, yeah, Max Struess sounds great. Yeah, at this point. I mean, and then the attitude. Who wants to trade for a player who made a trade request type video? Right. That's, I mean, I think that's... On our end, there were some mistakes. I say are like we're the Suns. The teams yeah. and there were some mistakes for sure. Uh, a tr- an immediate trade probably would have been better, but hindsight's twenty twenty. But I think Jay Crowder put himself in this position to a certain extent too. Because, um, you know, you want guys on your team who have a good attitude about not being able to do what they once could. Look at Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the exact opposite of what Jay Crowder is doing. Now, sure, Chris Paul is getting paid a lot more money. Uh, But still, Chris Paul has accepted he is going to have a slightly diminished role. Um, He's going to sit some games out, and he's going to do it for the benefit of the team because he wants to win. Jay Crowder has basically the exact opposite attitude. I was thinking about it and what really would have changed for Jay this year, aside from moving to the bench. I don't think he would have been losing out on a ton of minutes. No, I don't think that would have even been the case. He's still making a, you know, 10 plus million this year, which Mm -hmm. I guess he is sitting on his butt anyways. So that's fine for him. But you know what I mean? It it just seems like it, it wouldn't be that different had he stuck around from this year to last year yeah. like would was tory craig gonna take his minutes was that <laughs> actually something that was happening right because that's all yeah. like what else could it be i don't know i really don't know yeah unless there was some personal disagreement or argument or something some fight that he got into with James Jones or Monty or I don't know, but I mean, that's pure speculation. We haven't heard anything about anything like that. So yeah, this is just a weird, weird scenario. Yep. We're just waiting on that next Crowder vid to drop. Yeah. I, I actually thought about this too. If maybe there was something with the Sarver situation that came up, you know, what is he boys with Sarver? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean the opposite. Like maybe I'm sending was... this out for Bobby. <laughs> no. I mean maybe he was upset at how long the investigation took. Maybe there was some like some tension there. I don't know. I mean I'm just pulling this out of thin air. Like don't go around on Twitter saying, "Oh, he said that." Jay Crowder had beefless Sarver. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Um, 
but I've considered that. Like maybe he was not happy with how the team handled uh, that Starver situation and that the league had to go in and do an investigation that took over a year to just suspend him for a year and fine him a little bit of money. Uh, and then eventually, you know, he gets to the point of selling the team. But I've just considered that too. Maybe that played a role. Yeah, who knows at this point? It, it'll be... Like, I'll actually be pretty surprised if I see Jay Crowder in a different team's uni this year, honestly. I'm kind of with you. Yeah, even if he does get traded, how much would he even play? Yeah, how I much would Jay Crowder play in Miami? Start him. Right. I don't Miami's, know if any team in the league would. Miami might, might start him, just since Tyler Hero comes off the bench. Maybe they start Jay Crowder, but he plays eight minutes a game. Hmm. <laughs> Eight, yeah. I yeah, who knows? I I'm over talking about it. Let's move it on. Let's okay. On. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Last week's games, a, a sad one and two week from the Sun. Something yeah. that we're not really used to, but we'll start it off with the 76ers game. We took the loss. One hundred to eighty eight final score. And uh yeah, this is the game where Paul goes down and Book is really the only one who really has it going in this one. Yeah, um, very strange game overall. Um, you know, and it's it's weird because when you look at the box score, it doesn't look that bad. Um, but this is a, just a classic Philadelphia has Joel Embiid kind of game. Um, he really was in control. Uh, other than that, though, Tobias Harris had a good game, too. Yeah. Gotta give Tobias Harris that. But really, uh, it's like, I don't know. Oh, Niang, too. Niang yeah. had a really good game. That's seven threes for Niang, 21 points. Yeah. That's a difference maker, yeah. I just I remember forgot. Eddie Johnson on the broadcast saying, you need to guard that guy, and he just kept getting open threes and yeah. just pay for it. And, yeah, that that's the difference of the game, letting a bench guy go for 21 on only made yes. threes. That's pretty wild. Right. Uh, I don't love that Embiid scored nearly half of his points from the free throw line. Right. Uh, as impressive as 16 free throws made in a row is, and that that just stinks. And you see Aiden there with four fouls. Landale had five. We just couldn't couldn't not follow the guy. It seemed like, and it's tough. And you know, we held uh, Maxi, who can pop off to 11 points in 40 minutes. And then you, yep. you remember that James Harden's on this team, too. <laughs> right. And luckily, he we were without him for this one. But, man, Philly, with their at the after this game, they're just 5-6 and six to start the season. So they have some ground to make up, and I really assume they will. I think they will, too. Um, I think they're kind of trying to get things together. Uh, I think this was also the first, if not the first, one of the first games without Harden after his injury. So uh, former son DeAnthony Melton started, and other former son PJ Tucker also started. Uh, so, you know, I can see that there could be some difficulty adjusting because DeAnthony Melton is not used to being in that role. Sure. Very true. 
another takeaway campaign. A little rough shooting in this one, but you know, this is where he realizes, like, okay, I'm running the show now. So he gets 14 points and five assists. Kind of a good sign, you know, if we're looking yeah. for silver linings. Campaign has been playing some good ball since Chris went down. Yes, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Aiton had a little bit of a hard time with Embiid. Biombo played 10 minutes and didn't do anything and had a hard time with Embiid. Landale played six minutes and had five fouls. You know, we didn't have an answer for Embiid, even if it did come from the line. Like, that's part of the game, especially with big guys like that. I mean, it just reminds me of the uh, the Shaq comment that he's made, or I think that refs have talked about, or teams, whatever, that Shaq basically was fouled every time he touched the ball. But you can't just call a foul every time he touches the ball. You know, I think Embiid is kind of one of those players where, like, you probably could call a foul just about every time he gets close to the rim. Probably. That's that's all very true. Let's see how the 76ers can get through a season and how they fare in the playoffs again, though. That's yeah, that's that's the test for that. That's I feel like they have some similarities to us. Yeah, You know, haven't won it, have had really high expectations, have a lot of talent, have dealt with some injuries. And before that, dealt with some just terrible dog water basketball. basketball. Yeah, 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 that's true. Oh, we can feel that. We can feel that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll move it on to the Timberwolves game. A nice win for the Suns. Final score, 129-117. We'll stay on the campaign topic where he starts this game and has a really nice one, 23 points, uh, eight assists, six yeah. rebounds, four for nine from downtown. Uh, a beautiful display there, while having two other guys have absolutely great games as well. So yeah. seeing him be able to pop off while, you know, holding on to that true point guard role and letting Booker and Bridges cook in this one too was just great to see. It was. That was nice. Uh, Booker with 32 points, four rebounds, 10 assists. Mikhail Bridges, 31 points, nine rebounds, five assists. That was really nice. And then Shamit had a good game, 16 points on five for seven shooting. I mean, it basically doesn't get more efficient than that. Um, so, yeah, it, this was a good game all around. Uh, defensively, too. Um Gobert and McDaniels put up 25 and 24, respectively. uh, And D'Angelo Russell had 20 points. But outside of that, very little scoring. Towns, only 11 points. Only shot the ball seven times. That was weird. And then Anthony Edwards, 11 points on four for 12 shooting. And this T-Wolves team is just, there's zero chemistry. They're not cohesive at all. We talked about how they don't like playing together last week but it it was apparent in this game they do not enjoy being on the court together and booker yelling at their bench that we play team basketball yeah basketball man just brutal like he's had some he's had some lines to the timberwolves over the last couple years about how he doesn't have any friends after he dunked on d lower cat last year right yeah that's right it's just kind of funny we have their number and it, it shows i think we have the Suns' best record against any other team in the NBA is against the Timberwolves. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, 
you're going to a game in Minnesota. (laughs) Exactly right. And I was talking with my my buddies, my old high school buddies who both live near the Twin Cities now. And uh, I said, I'm going to come visit you guys this winter. It's been too long. Uh, Let's go to the Wolves and Suns game. And I got us tickets and I got it behind. We're behind the bench on the left side of the court. And I was like, I don't even know which side you guys sit on, but these seats were nice, so I snatched them. It ended up being the Sun side, so I was like, score. Oh, nice. This is great. Nice. And then I saw the stat. The, the Suns are the have the best winning record against the Timberwolves over any other team. So I was yeah. like, oh, I'm probably going to enjoy myself at this game, boys. Yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> I'm excited. It'll, it's going to make up for the terrible weather. The game will oh. be I will freeze two trips back to the tundra this winter coming up. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Move it along. Oh, we got to talk about Mikhail. This is maybe Mikhail's best game of all time. Yes, Uh, he was amazing. Just a full stat line. 31 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, one block, uh, only two turnovers throughout that. In 42 minutes, Mikhail's putting yeah. in some miles on the court since Cam's been hurt for sure. Yes. But uh, he, it was necessary to have him do all that. Man, he's when he's doing that sort of thing, it makes you wonder, like, have we been missing something on Mikhail? Do we need to feed him the ball a little bit more, get him more involved? But I kind of laid an egg the next one against the Magic. Yeah, right. Uh, it was a great game out of him. Yeah, I mean, he – I don't want to say he's streaky. I just think there are times where he's locked in and just explodes offensively. We saw this a few times last year and even the year before a little bit. Uh, so I, I would say maybe we should get used to seeing it a bit more. It's not going to be his MO necessarily. Um, but – yeah, I think he can go off. He has the potential to go off. His shot is looking really nice. His three-point shot. I think he continues to to improve that form. Um, he's just a smart player, too. He cuts at the right time. He's in the right place. Uh, he's just a, a veteran at this point, And it's paying off. All the little things he does off the ball pays off. Oh, yeah. And he he is shooting it pretty nice from three, but one of my favorite things about this game is out of his 31 points, only six of them came from his two made three-pointers. Right. Ten made field goals, five made free throws. Love it. I, I just love it. He needs to be more yeah. involved. Even though I'd like to see Aiton shooting 20 shots a game. Uh, yeah. Well, that's a different topic. Ugh, Aiton. Wow, yeah, rough one for Aiton. Yeah, nine points. Four for ten from the floor, only six rebounds. And that's where I'm starting to get a little fed up with Aiton is yeah. if you're not getting fed the ball in the paint, how else do you get the ball? You go right. get rebounds. Right. And single-digit rebounds for DeAndre Aiton on this lineup with his size is it's inexcusable. And it's the – yeah. I don't care if he's scoring ten a game – as long as it's somewhat efficient, but he needs to be getting 10 plus rebounds a game too. Right. He is going up against Gobert. I mean, I'll give him that. True. He's a hard guy to rebound on. 
And score on. And score on. But, yeah, we can't have a lot of nine and six games from DeAndre. And... Yeah. All right. Moving on to the next one, and just we'll keep talking about Aiton for this one. 14 points. Uh, this was in a, t- a, a big loss, 114 to 97, but just going to focus on Aiton. 14 points. Was not in foul trouble in this game at all. Zero fouls. Uh, plays 26 minutes, so doesn't play a full game. Goes 7 for 12 from the floor, which is good. Yeah. Take that all the time. But again, only five rebounds in those minutes. And Booker out-rebounded him. Landale out-rebounded him in half the minutes. Uh, Bridges and Craig with one less. It's just tough to see, man. Uh, yeah, the Magic can throw out Bowl Bowl, Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba. They have some size out there, but I want to see my insanely skilled number one pick go put up better games than this. Yeah, it's some of this, I think, is what people worried about when we drafted him. I hate going back to that all the time, but I think you have to. I mean, and we've heard him say dominating so many times and it happens for three games and then he goes back. Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, seven for 12 is the best shooting clip on the team. Yeah, that is really good. How can you just go away from it, though? Right. And I Mikhail, think... Mikhail, not a ball hog, farthest thing from it. He was three for 13 in this game. Like, why is yeah. he putting up that many more shots than Aiden? And right. did he do something to be yanked out of this game that I missed? I, I mean, I don't know. It's perplexing. Yeah, because there's Landale with 13, Busy with 11. Sarge yeah. played nine. Mm. Sarge had three rebounds in nine minutes. He didn't do anything else, but he did get three rebounds in nine minutes. Yeah, that's almost as many as Aiton grabbed in 26. Yeah. So, disappointing. This was a disappointing game all around. Uh, Honestly, I didn't watch it because I was watching Gonzaga and they beat Michigan State by one. So, that was definitely more exciting. At least you got to enjoy that. Yeah, I told you, uh, I think... Most of the way through this game, I said, good thing you didn't watch this one. You didn't yeah, miss much. Yeah. And on the topic of Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs, Gozags, uh, had a really good game. Uh, though it's very funny because his stat line is kind of similar to Aiden's, but <laughs> I'm still saying it's a good game. Yeah, In but he was minutes. plus 16. Aiden was yeah. minus 23. So That's true. That a little different thing. And as a point guard, you know, he he did have his five assists to go along with 16 points and three rebounds, but also seven for 12 shooting. Um, the Magic, and I mean, I said this last week too, the Magic can be a sneaky good team, and I think they are set up to be pretty solid in the future. In the future? In the future. <laughs> Bancaro is, I think, going to be very, very good. Yeah, uh, I know we didn't see him uh, in this game, but um, I think he is going to be very good. And then Suggs, definitely, he's had his injury issues, but he's definitely going to be good too. 
Uh, Carter Jr. has been great for them all season, and he's still pretty young. Wagner, young, had a solid game. They have a lot of young talent. Cole Anthony, we didn't see him in this game either, but like another solid, young, talented guy. Fultz, uh, too. Fultz, yep. The the Magic have... Oh, they have both of Wagner's. Franz is who I'm referring to. Moden yeah, play. yeah. But... Um, yeah, like I think they have a lot of really nice, talented young pieces, uh, and, and watch out in you know three to five years. And if Bull Bull is doing whatever he's doing, and he keeps that up, yeah, like what in the world? How how do you do anything? That's crazy. I just I, got a, a notification that Embiid had fifty nine points uh, in this last Jazz game. They, they oh played the, the Jazz. So at least he didn't put 59 on us. Uh, I need to see how many free throws right now. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a very good point. Uh, let's check. 20 for 24? Wow. 24 oh, attempts. Whatever. I, you know, it's just funny. I had to say, how many free throws did he make? Yeah. Literally 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks. That's impressive. That's a wild game. That's... What happened, Jazz? (laughs) I know. Oh, what? The Jazz aren't the the powerhouse team that everyone has been treating them like all season? Let's let's, imagine that. We're going to move it on to next week's games because I want you to tone it down about the Jazz because we play them Friday okay. and I it's don't fine. want us to yeah. get embarrassed. Okay. All right. So this week, four games. We have the Heat tonight. Uh, then the Warriors come to Phoenix. We get back home Wednesday. Then to Utah for the Jazz Friday. And then back home for the Knicks on Sunday. So we'll start it off with the Heat game Monday. What are our thoughts in this one? I mean, I don't I don't see us losing back-to-back. I, I just have a feeling that if Chris Paul might be involved in this one, I don't see this team losing back-to-back very often ever. Mm. We have been in Miami since Friday, though. So that probably doesn't bode well. I mean, the the little bit of break from travel that we get is nice, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't be super surprised if we don't come out sharp because uh, we've been in Miami since Friday. Well, if the chaperone Chris Paul is on duty, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Well, he's been injured, though. I mean, he can't run as well. So <laughs> <laughs> The chaperone is a great nickname for Chris Paul. I think it I is. just want to refer to him as that for the rest yeah. of the year. The chaperone. I mean, some of this is dependent on if Chris Paul plays, I think. Uh, Even though he has taken a little bit of a step back, he still runs the show. And it's apparent when we don't have him. Yep, that's that's a fact. Uh, The Heat are six and seven on the season. So, you know, middle of the road can go either way. Yeah, it could. But... I mean, you look at the schedule, and we obviously are probably most hyped for the Warriors at Suns on Wednesday. Yeah. You you look back to the last game where we kind of ran them out of the gym, the whole Clay Thompson ejection situation. I think uh, 
I assume both teams are pretty hyped up for this one again. Oh, yeah. And I bet Booker will be talking. Um, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. He should be talking before the the tip gets thrown. Oh, yeah. if, if I'm Devin, I'm getting in his head instantly. So just seeing in, what happens. In, in hockey, there's this thing where if two players have a history or, or have had a recent game, kind of like what happened between uh, Booker and Clay Thompson, they'll drop the gloves and fight like as the opening puck is dropped. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent of that in the NBA would be. Um, whatever it is, that's what I think is going to happen in this between Booker and Clay Thompson. Uh, what would that be? I don't know. Maybe just like, like blowing a, up a screen, just running through a screen. Yeah, that turns into like, like a slight shoving match. Yeah, you know, that's <laughs> about as violent as it gets in the NBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so watch out for the shoving match and a blown up screen. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> I actually, I don't know why, but I feel better about this one. It is at home, and we just look so good against the Warriors, and I think there's a better chance that Chris Paul will play in this game. So I guess I do know why. Yeah. And, I mean, Steph Curry obviously playing at a very high level again and kind of carrying these guys. I mean, Clay's shown up a few games. Poole's been a little on and off lately. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what which way Draymond guys isn't what he used to be. Oh, Kaminga is the wild card. Um yeah, they're they're in an interesting position this year. Yeah, with all their youth, I remember being very scared of all their youth last year, and then this year yeah. it's like, and eh, none of those guys really panned out. Like Wiseman, yeah. meh. Kaminga, meh. Moody, eh. They play Ty Jerome. Yeah, that's right, they do. Yeah. That's all. That's how I'll finish that one. Move on. Maybe to we'll the, have the uh, the the coming home video for. Ty Jerome. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. All those memorable Ty Jerome sons games <laughs> and wins. There they, was a... They're coming to me now. There was a player back when I was at Gonzaga named Rem Bacamus, and he's actually on the U of A coaching staff now um, with Tommy Lloyd, who was at Gonzaga for years. Um, but Rem was just like the last guy off the bench, like only came in if we were up by 30 and there was one season where he hit one three <laughs> and someone made a, like a highlight hype video of the one three from like every angle. <laughs> and It was very funny. And so I could see a, a Ty Jerome welcome home video with something like that. <laughs> yeah. He had to put up a few buckets, right? I don't, you know, yeah. it's such a blur. I really don't remember Ty Jerome being on this team hardly. Oh, those were the rough days, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, glad we're all best. right. Then Friday, we get to see what the Utah Jazz are all about. We do, and I don't even know what to what to say. I mean, is yeah. Laurie Markkinen the guy? Is he going to lead the Jazz to the playoffs this year? Against all odds, I don't know. The question I think is, is Lowry Markin and him? I hate that <laughs> stuff, man. Uh, 
Can, can we skip over that? This fad that's going on, the whole him. He is him. <laughs> he is him. Lowry is him. He's having a great season. Gotta give him that. I agree. Which makes me think, Jazz need to get him the heck out of there. Yeah. They're exactly. tanking. They're trying. Yeah. I would love... Lowry Markinen is still... I would love if we could trade for him somehow. They, uh, he's also got an all-time nickname. They call him the Finisher. Ah, that's Amazing. Good. Amazing nickname. Yeah. From Finland, if you're missing that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this another is our U of A guy. Get him in here. Yeah, that's right. Another U of A game. The guy. Um, I'm an ASU alum, though. So... For my master's, at least. I know I talk about Gonzaga a lot, but I did my master's at ASU. So a little bit of loyalty there. Uh, but we didn't talk about a bet question ahead of time, so I'm making it up now. Ooh, uh, spot. <laughs> how many points will Mikhail Bridges score against the Jazz? We've been... Uh, um, he's been a little bit inconsistent, I suppose. Maybe not inconsistent, but some really high-scoring games, some less... Will he be guarding Markkanen for part of this? Maybe. Yeah. So, interesting for Mikhail. How many points is Mikhail going to have in this one? I'm going to go 17 for Mikhail. Oh, 17 for you. Uh, What do I want to say? Hmm. I could see him having a good game. Give me 20. Fair enough. But, yeah, so let us know on Twitter, at SunnyandPHXPod, how many points you think Mikhail Bridges will score in Friday's game against the Jazz. All right, then to round out the week, we have the Knicks coming to town on Sunday. And the Knicks have Jalen Bronson, who we do do not have fond memories about the last time we saw him play ball. So, yeah. Uh, I think he's doing a pretty solid job over there for the Knicks, but I don't yeah. know what the Knicks are doing with themselves, honestly. It just seems like uh, that team is not well built. The Knicks, so I, I learned this. The uh, um, Buckets, the podcast with um, Amir Blumenfeld and Billy Scafiri, they were trying to figure out, they did the good, the bad, and the mid. And they were trying to figure out who's the most mid team. And this was a week ago probably at this point. But they pointed out a stat that the Knicks have the same number of points for as the same number of points against. They're like totally right in the middle. Uh, Jalen Brunson is good, but he doesn't have Luka Doncic anymore. So I feel pretty good about this one. Yeah, you get R.J. Barrett now. Right. And Julius Randle. Uh, I feel good about the Suns winning this game. I will say that. But, uh, man, what I'm doing now is pretty much any time we play an Eastern Conference team, I just watch a little closer and be like, who could we trade for on this team? Yeah, I actually do that. Would these guys maybe like Jay Crowder's services? Right. Maybe? No? Okay. I know there's been a lot of... um... Potential talk of of Randall getting traded. Uh, I mean, if you play for the Knicks, you're basically all always in trade talks. Yeah. Uh, 
but there's been a lot of talk of Randall, and he had that one really good season. Uh, what was that? Two years ago. Um, so I don't know if he's a guy that I would be interested in, and it wouldn't just be Jake Crowder for Julius Randall straight up, obviously. Um, but that's kind of an interesting idea of bringing someone like him in. Yeah. I The first thing that I'd say is not a James Jones guy. Just doesn't no, seem he's like not. a fit. Yeah. He's not a shooter. I, I do want a power forward, though, that can rebound yeah. a little bit. That can do a little bit of everything like Julius can, but I like he just seems a little a little ball hoggy to me, maybe. A little bit, yeah. 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 That that won't fly. And when the ball's in Chris or Book's hands for eighty five percent of the game. That's true. He probably wouldn't love it here anyways. No, that's a good point. Overall, though, I feel pretty good about this one. And also the last time we played the Knicks in Phoenix, at least was the Cam Johnson game winner from about half court where he had his big game. So that was really oh. fun. And, and yeah, and trailing that for that game winner that I, I can just picture that in my head clear as day right now. Yeah. That was, a that, great... that was one of my favorite games last year. Yeah, that was, that was fun. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we're going to move to the non-sports section of the show. And this is a question that, I don't remember specifically, but I'm almost certain we've answered before. But it was a long time ago. So our question is, are you an early bird or a night owl? And how has this changed since we last answered this question, however long ago it was? Okay, so if I have to pick one or the other, I'm probably still a night owl. Mm. But... Things have been changing quite a bit, and it just seems like the last year. I've been waking up earlier and earlier and earlier. I think it's because I'm getting old and I have a need to drink coffee and watch the news before the sun comes up or something. I don't like that's how our clocks work. I don't know. (laughs) But that has been happening. I have like I'm not a 1 a.m. bedtime guy anymore. It's like more like midnight, sometimes even 11, 1130. So it's. You know, we're getting in back into the PM bedtime, which is good. But I'm not ready to say I'm an early bird because I'm still dogging it in the morning. Even though I wake up earlier, I'm still still dogging it a bit. Okay, interesting. I, I'd say I'm an early bird and a night owl. So I'm wise and I have worms. <laughs> that is a, a quote from The Office, so... Just had to get that out of the way. That's how I always (laughs) respond to this question. One of my favorite office quotes. Uh, Okay, the reality of this. I'm an early bird now. I had been a night owl for a very long time. But uh, as I've gotten older and with having a baby, the morning is like the only time I have to myself. Um, My wife is a total night owl. Uh, Our daughter likes to sleep. Um, She has this window between like... 6 to 10 a.m. where she likes to sleep. So that's my time where I can get things done. That's when I go on my walks. That's when I do a lot of my reading. Um, I still, you know, drink my coffee and wake up. Um, But yeah, that's, I really enjoy that part of the day now. And then also I I wake up at 5 a.m. like half the week just for work because that's how I've set my schedule where I start a little bit earlier uh, so I can finish earlier at the, at the end of the week. And I, I thought that might be a tough adjustment, 
but it really hasn't been. And I kind of enjoy being awake that early. But yes, it has shifted my bedtime. Uh, 11 p.m. is pretty much what I'm always aiming for now. Doesn't always happen, but um, I at this point I would consider myself an early bird. You know, I just looked through our text messages. Yeah, <laughs> we rarely text after 9 p.m. Right? Yeah, I'm winding down at that point. It used to be heavy memery until about midnight mm-hmm. in past years, but that's that's cooled it quite a bit. Right. Oh, I'll text you at like 7 or 8 a.m. Yeah. More likely than I will text you at midnight. Right, it's... yeah. Man, we're getting old. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I always am reminded that when we started this show, I was 21 and I was in college <laughs> and my life was very different. Uh, so, yeah, that's why it's like we should revisit this question. Uh, man, you were just a babe. That's <laughs> so was crazy. a long time ago. I know. <laughs> oh, that's goofy. Oh. All right. Well, before we reminisce even more, we will cut it off there. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode. We'll be back next week with another one uh, at Sunny and PHX Pod. Check us on Twitter. 